Today on the Win Daily Show, I have Andrea Lamont of Lenny Melnick Fantasy Sports, formerly of Bleacher Report and Roto Experts, and is one of the hosts of The Lady and the Legend on Sirius XM. Andrea, how are you today? Doing great. How are you? It's a good day to be alive. A little boring in quarantine, but hey, we're all here. We're all trying to get by, and I get to have more conversations like this, so I'm pretty happy about it. I'm just happy to be healthy. Every day I'm happy to be healthy in New York here, so... Yeah. Stay safe. Yes, I'm in New Jersey, <laughs> but a little bit further outside of the city. So stay safe. I hope everyone does well and, and everything is okay. And Andrea, I'm very excited to get to talk to you. I, you know, I always love talking to people that have been in the industry for a long time, have come up in the industry, have done what they've done. Obviously, you're a, a very good friend of our friend, Lenny Milnick. Um, you know, obviously, want to talk a little bit about him whenever I can. But the first question I have for you, you know, here at Win Daily, we try and help people in fantasy sports and DFS. We help them win in gambling, but we also want to help them win at life. So the first question I have for you today is, how do you make sure that you win, you win every day that you're alive? I tell Lenny's son this. He's 21. He just turned 21. And um, I've been, you know, with him as his second mom for since he was 10. And I just, I tell him that you only fail if you quit. You know, you're going to fall down. You're going to, it's all about resilience. That's how you win. It's not really about like winning the prize, you know, winning the money. It's about just keep, keep on trucking. And that's really what life is all about. Just like, you fall down, you get up, that's what makes you stronger. And you learn from that. And you know, you just will never fail if you don't quit. That's I what I tell that. you. That is 100% true. I mean, you get if you keep going, you, you'll keep going, right? You know, there's so many people that quit right before they were going to hit it right before they were going to have that big break, which is very frustrating. And you know, you make a great point. You can't lose if you don't quit, you just keep on going. And I really, I really appreciate that. So um, Andrea, when did you fall in love with sports and particularly baseball? I hear you're a pretty big baseball buff. It's funny. I was born and raised in Southern California and I wasn't a huge like MLB fan. We didn't go to a lot of games, although we did go to games as a kid. You know, I didn't turn into a Dodger fan because we went to Dodger Stadium, which that happens. You know, whatever you want your kid to be a fan of, whatever team you want your child to be a fan of, you got to take them to that ballpark first. And then they'll be a fan for life. But for me, it was, uh, I hated the Yankees. I just hated the Yankees so much that I became a Red Sox fan. And it was my easiest way to hate the Yankees. So that's really what I did. And then, I mean, I really fell in love with baseball in 2004 when the Red Sox came back and, you know, they were down, they were going to lose. And it was just like glued to the TV. I worked in a sports bar at the time. And um, I just think I really fell in love with baseball at that moment. And I started playing fantasy not long after that. Some guys at work were like, you know, want to join this fantasy league. And I was searching around trying to find, you know, a, a, an advantage against the other guys in my league. It was when Lenny was on Blog Talk Radio with Tony Sincata and Paul Greco. And I found their show on Blog Talk and I loved the chat room and I like just you didn't want to tell anybody about my new secret on how to beat these guys at work. And, you know, I actually did come in. Um, I placed in that league and they didn't invite me back, <laughs> which shows you that, you know, some people don't like losing to a, a girl. Yep. Anyway, um, that's how I got started in fantasy and just my love for baseball just started flourishing after 2004, mm -hmm. after the 
that that year was incredible so i'm a very big mets fan so i i'm a fan of two baseball teams the mets and whoever's playing the yankees uh exactly i definitely you know i know how that i 100 percent know where you're coming from i was a big i was a supporter of the boston red sox up until kind of recently i've kind of gotten tired of boston sports fans in general and nothing against the red sox in particular i still root for them until the yankees are out then you know, I, I, my allegiance with them pretty much just rides until the Yankees are gone. But um, no, I, I totally get that. And I completely agree. I'm usually rooting for the Red Sox all season long. Don't, don't get me wrong. I don't know. You better prepare yourself because the Red Sox, uh, I have a feeling it's going to turn out that the 2018 World Series was not uh, done honest with honest and integrity. Oh. You know, they did come out. Uh, MLB commissioner Manfred. He just came out and said that the report on the investigation has not been written, but the investigation is done into the 2018 uh, cheating. And we've been keeping up on this fantasy sports lawsuit. It was a lawsuit. We had the lawyer that um, filed the lawsuit on behalf of daily fantasy players everywhere against the Boston Red Sox, the Houston Astros, and MLB for knowing about the cheating and not doing anything but encouraging people to spend money playing daily when they knew that it wasn't um, up to par, right? Well, that lawsuit got dismissed, but in the course of them dismissing that lawsuit, there was a phone call between Manfred and the lawyers and the Red Sox lawyers, the Houston Astros lawyers, and the MLB lawyers. And the Red Sox lawyers said, we are aware of the results of the investigation and we don't agree with them. Oh. That tells you right there that they did catch them cheating. Oh yeah. That they don't agree with it, but it's like preparing us in a way for what's to come. Mm -hmm. And there's not going to be any penalties. There's not going to be any kind of, um, there's all immunity. All the players get immunity just for mm -hmm. speaking. That's how the precedent that they set. So now what are they going to do? They have to do the same that for the Red Sox that they did for the Astros. But this is just going to come out that this was not, this is another <laughs> mark mm -hmm. in history where the Astros should give back their, their, you know, their world series and they should take down their banners and the Red Sox. I have a feeling that's what we should prepare ourselves for because mm -hmm. there's a good chance that yeah, they were doing it just as bad. It's such a weird, just a weird occurrence. I mean, we all, we all have known, you know, your baseball fan there, there's an art to stealing signs, right? For it's like sure. kind of cool if you can get it and it's like impressive. And then all of a sudden you set up TVs next to your bullpen and, and you start, you know, banging on trash cans at home games. It's like, wait a second, that's not art. That's, that's kind of boring. Like there's no fun in that for me. Well, fun is in winning if you're the Astros. Okay. You know, I but, guess a good point. That's a good point. Touche. <laughs> but I think all teams are doing it. And I guess it begs the question, what is, what should be allowed and what not because it's not illegal to steal signs if you're on second base and you're a runner you can see signs why not that's you know that's smart where does it turn from smart to cheating mm -hmm. um and with the video replay rooms ever since we started doing replay uh, what else are these guys going to do in there all the whole game they're just sitting there what are they going to do of course they're looking at signs you know let's just um accept it like give everybody the equal opportunity to cheat I like it. More home runs than I guess, right? You know, <laughs> we'll see. I think everybody should do drugs and cheating. Just if everybody does it, then, you know, we're all on a level playing field again. That's a good point. I mean, yeah, we've been seeing a lot during this, um, you know, this downtime, let's call it. I've been seeing a lot about the steroid era just popping up just because of the numbers and how ridiculous it was. But as a Red Sox fan, how do you feel about 
you know, the potential of, you know, winning that World Series, but it coming at the cost of, well, probably didn't do it very um, truthfully, if I may. I feel like the Red Sox have really disappointed me in the last few years. I know you feel the same way. Um, I've been just, they won the World Series in 2018. It's kind of, I'm, I'm just prepared to accept it and to say to myself that I believe that every team was doing it to a certain degree. I think that the Red Sox have ran their organization horribly over the last four or five years. They've depleted their farm system and they have not bothered to invest money where needed. Instead, they like extend a pitcher that's past his prime and they give away their best player. I'm frustrated with that, but I'm not going to be like personally offended. I'm going to be disappointed. I already mm -hmm. am disappointed. I've already prepared myself mentally. So when it happens, when it comes out, I'm disappointed. I hate to think of the players. I hate to think of Mookie Betts as a cheater. I hate mm -hmm. to, you know, I don't have a problem thinking of Alex Bregman as a cheater, but I, when it's your favorite team, you feel this connection with the players and you be a little bit more personally insulted when it comes out that it's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 No, I, I completely agree. I mean, if it came out that the Mets were cheating in some capacity of Jacob deGrom, it, all of a sudden, like we, he, you know, all the pitchers, they kind of do something to the ball. They doctor it up a little bit to hang on. But like, if he was going above and beyond what everyone else does, that would, uh, that definitely, I agree. That would personally, oh, that would really stink because he's one of my favorite players. So city field has the best food of any ballpark that I've been to. I've been to Thank 26 you. baseball parks, 26. Mm -hmm. and city field oh my gosh ribs pastrami uh garlic shake fries shack. like that shake Keith hernandez to... burger <laughs> have you tried it what's it i have called? not but if it's there, if there's a keith hernandez burger somewhere i'm gonna eat it it's in its own little area mm. in the corner okay and it has green chili um cream cheese it's it's the best hamburger ever and it comes with a tootsie roll pop because he liked those i guess He's a, he's an interesting man. He's a, he's a very, he's a, he's a favorite of mine. He's a, definitely a favorite of mine. He's a funny yes. dude. He's, I love his commentary. Um, and that's the thing I miss the most right now is just, you know, hearing the three of them talk about baseball and watching the Mets play, but it is disappointing, but we don't have to get too deep into uh, the sadness. Let's talk about the happiness a little bit more. Yes. Let's spread that positivity. Um, okay. So as you were saying, you know, the way you got into fantasy, you then beat up on some of the guys at your, your work when, I mean, a lot of people start fantasy, right? My girlfriend's in a couple fantasy football leagues, but I don't think she's going to go to the point where she's going to try and get a serious XM radio show. So where, how, how hard and how far did you really go with it in the beginning to the point where you were able to turn this into a career? Well, I started going to the Arizona fall league. It's a first baseball HQ does first pitch forum. And it's really just a fun time where everybody gets together and you go to see the, prospects come up and that's actually where I met Lenny in person for the first time so I started going to those in 2008 and I just started to get to know everybody I didn't like try to rush in and be like oh I'm taking over the world I just kind of like really just kind of slowly and quietly just started to blend in and I really believe that I mean a lot of people will tell you that being a woman is is a detriment and for me it's done nothing but open doors for me and I've really been I think that that's a huge part of where I am today. I mean, I'd love to say that like, I'm just better than everybody else, but mm -hmm. no, I'm just the only girl that is that interested in baseball and that, you know, uh, got to know these people and stuff. And I started playing in like NFBC and those leagues. And then when tout wars 
came out with, they expanded, they, they came out with Tout Wars X. I applied and they, they accepted. So that was in 2015. And of course, once you're in, you're like, I'm never giving this up. Like mm -hmm. my seat, you know, you have to wait for somebody to die to get, they've actually been adding new leagues lately. So that helps. But uh, that, and I started submitting my rankings at Fantasy Pros, and I started writing for Roto Experts, and um, my editor at the time, Tim McCullough, just taught me, like, the ins and outs of writing online, and, you know, just really grasped onto what they were trying to teach me. I think the most important thing you could do is just learn, take it in, like, what people tell you, don't, don't brush it off, like, it doesn't mean anything, but use it to be smarter, and then you just you know, it, the writing stuff never goes away. And now we have, um, I do the editing at our website and we have, you know, a bunch of stuff, but, uh, yeah. So it being a woman has helped me tremendously. I will never ever try to ignore the fact that Lenny has helped me tremendously by opening doors and introducing me. And of course, you know, when you're with one of the original guys of fantasy, then, you know, you definitely have that leg up. So I'm, I will admit all of my um, tools that I've used to get through. And, you know, now I compete in labor and tout and do the show on Sirius. So that's really just uh, where it, where it came along. No, I love it. I think, you know, it's always important to see where, you know, people like you have come from because obviously, yeah, being, being a woman in the fantasy sports industry that is relatively male dominated, I don't, I don't think should be a detriment. I, I do agree that, you know, I think it's, I don't want to say I agree. I am happy to hear that it has actually opened up more doors than have, have closed them, which I think is really great and has allowed you to meet people and, and start to, you know, live in and, and breathe in this space that, you know, new blood, new life is actually kind of nice. You know, just having 18 guys tell us the same thing every day is kind of boring in my opinion. You know, it's interesting that you say that, and it's not just because I'm a woman, but I really do have a different outlook. I really do have a different perspective on players, and that's another thing that I've really, I think, has helped me along is just my, I, I have a very unique way of looking at things, and I, my opinion is just my opinion. So, you know, I don't just keep saying things, and I mean, think about it. Think of, I'm sure that there's uh, hundreds or thousands of people watching this right now that are like, you know, it's really hard to get your foot in the door in the fantasy industry. And, and being a woman, like I'm the token woman. Okay. In this world of diversity that we live in, in this world of like forced diversity, you know, why not use that to open doors for you? But of course, you know, there's a lot of work involved. So it's not just like, once you get in, you're just like, well, I mean, we, Lenny and I do a lot of work. And, and once you start, once you choose to have a career at something that was your hobby, it is not your hobby anymore. Mm -hmm. It can't be your hobby anymore. So, you know, people think like, oh, you know, you have the greatest job. It's excellent. Oh, I do have the greatest job. I absolutely do. There's, I'm very thankful for that. But the minute that you start getting paid for something, it's on someone else's schedule and it is a lot of work. So, I mean, I'm not trying to ask people to feel bad for me because all I do is study baseball. That's what I do. But it, it could be worse. But as you said, it is a job, sure. though, right? Like yeah. it is a job. You get paid to do it. So there's a lot of work that's involved. Yes, someone like myself, I can wake up. I can look at my team a couple times a day. Wow, this is great. <laughs> right. But, you know, not, not quite the same level of research and not quite the same level of analysis as you're putting in. But again, it's a job, but it's probably the coolest job in the world, it, right? I, yeah, I mean, I think it's really cool. The people are really great. I get to play fantasy against like the most 
smart, you know, like Paul Sporer. He's like the smartest guy I know in pitching, with pitching. He knows pitching. This guy can draft, spend all of his money on hitters and have like five bucks for pitching. And he'll like, he'll pull it out of the sky. And it's just an honor to be able to play like Ron Chandler is one of my, goes way back to like the first time I met him was in 2008. I I've always respected him a ton and just to even be mentioned in the same league as Ron Chandler is a huge honor. So, but it's, it's difficult. It's not like beating the guys at work anymore. It's uh, you got to zig when other people zag, you know? Yeah. And, so. and the other point you bring up, um, you know, shout out to those guys for what they do again, always love talking about industry legends, but the, the other point you bring up, you know, you said it's, it's fun. It's great. You know, it's a hobby. And then, you know, once it's a, job the amount of work that goes into it is extreme to the point where it's not a hobby anymore right so how did you especially in the beginning now i'm sure you're very used to it but how did you kind of deal with that fact that it was like this used to be fun and now it's still fun but there's also a ton more amount of work involved so the fun level has definitely come down at least a smidgen i'm assuming like how did you kind of handle that aspect of it especially in the beginning well, I think that this kicked in before I was actually like getting paid and way before I had a show on Sirius. Um, I started, I did, I did all the profiles for the outfielders for Roto experts in their draft guide. It was like my very first, you know, mm-hmm. project that I was in charge of. And I was, it took me so long to do a hundred outfielders because, you know, you're, taking what you have and you're analyzing all the information and then you're writing a small little snippet, three or four sentences. That's when I was like, Oh my God, I got to do, I, I need to do an outfielder a day for the next hundred days. Or I mm. need to, and then, you know, it's getting, it's getting to be now it's closer. Now it's okay. 40 days. Okay. I need to do three outfielders a day uh-huh. to make it. And I think that's when I realized that, you know, I wish I, I remember thinking to myself, I wish I could be doing something else like playing golf or like doing some other hobby you know mm-hmm. and i thought that's just pretty interesting because it happens no matter what job you have you will always no matter if you find the dream job which i did find the dream job but it's still a job so i just i pretty much came into the industry slowly and that's probably you know took a lot of stress off of me mm-hmm. i just yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, did, I mean, did it, I answer your question? Yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think it's 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 always important, especially just in the sports industry. You know, everybody we get into this because we're passionate fans, right? You're a passionate Red Sox fan, so you start doing fantasy, and then you start getting deeper into the people and the industry, and you start doing all this stuff. And now you know you, you barely have any time to watch the Red Sox now because you have to watch all of the games, and you have to know who all of the players are, and you have to do all these things. And I always love to make sure that you know, you still love it. Again, you still, if you ask me, have one of the coolest jobs on planet earth, but it is, again, it is a job. You know, everybody looks at, you know, the Matthew Berry's because he's on TV, Eric Carabell. Those guys love what they do, but at the same time, there's a significant amount of work to the point where fantasy is usually used as kind of the escape from your actual job. That might be one reason why you love it so much. Um, But when it does become your job, really any sports or sports media in general, it does become a job to the point where you're not watching the game anymore you're writing about it. You're paying attention to all the statistics. You know, it's it's less enjoying of the actual game that you love so much that you wanted to work in the industry, right? For sure. It just changes it. It's still a hobby. I still love, I mean, I love baseball probably more than I ever have. In fact, we're trying to find ways to stay busy right now, like with baseball. I, we 
actually are having a Stratomatic draft today. I Whoa. never played Stratomatic, but I'm all up. I'm all ready to do it. I'm ready to sim, you know, sim my way through a season. And uh -huh. so we're trying that. And we, Craig Mish invited me into a league where we drafted. It's called Legends League. We drafted a, I, our league was 2000 to 2009. So that's, and you got the best year for that player. So like Pedro, Pedro Martinez, 2000 and then mm -hmm. you know alfonso soriano like 2002 mm -hmm. or whatever yep. was his best year where he got 40 40 yep. so we had that draft and like that's going to be a sim draft league too so we're finding ways to uh finding ways to get it done and i'm just it. waiting for baseball to start again so i could i'm updating the draft guide the draft guide takes a lot of uh my energy starting in november uh at the first pitch forum and moving all the way through now we finally got the draft guide out on time this year, which is like mid-February. But all the player profiles need to be updated now, mm -hmm. depending on what kind of season we're going to have. Hopefully, we can redraft all of our leagues, and because that's the best part of the whole season is drafting. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. I actually had that argument with Jason on Sirius uh, a couple of weeks ago when, when we were still allowed in the studio. Uh, I told him I held off on – I'm a commissioner of a league that we've been doing for about 10 years, and – I held off on doing the draft and he's like, no, I wanted to do all my drafts because then you get to at least look at your team. I was like, that makes sense. But also everything's going to look different depending on how long everyone's out. And, you know, Aaron judge in particular, if he's hurt, John Carlos, Stan, oh. if he's hurt, they're going to be drafted completely different two months after, you know, if you're drafting in the beginning of March or if you're drafting in the middle of May end of June, you know, wherever it ends up being, it's going to yeah, be I mean, very different. Think, think about all of the pitchers that were going to be on innings limits that, you know, if we go down to a hundred games, these guys are like way more valuable mm -hmm. at this point. Exactly. So that's fun. And all those injured guys like Stanton judge and the rest that Stan and judge are always going to be injured. So just yeah. get used to it. Okay. Yeah. Don't I'm okay with it again. My fantasy right advice of the day is to not draft either of those two players and not just because they're Yankees, but that's part <laughs> partly probably. I appreciate that. Um, so I guess let's talk about that a little bit. What do you what do you think the, the 2020 fantasy season? I mean, obviously, we don't know when it's going to start, but with it being a shortened season, you've already kind of given us a, a couple inklings of it. What do you think are some ways that drafts will be changing, especially if they haven't been done already, or even from the DFS perspective, again, with this shortened season? I think that, so drafts will change because, like I said, these pitchers, like Denelson Lamette, and some youngsters it's obviously still going to change we don't really know the whole rookie prospect thing we won't know exactly mm -hmm. what's going on with that because it will still be a portion of the season that they will need to spend in the minor leagues before they can come up and then to avoid having them reach a full service year mm -hmm. but denelson lamette comes to mind because he is a pitcher that you can't count on a lot of innings from him that yeah we know they're going to be up we know they're going to be pitching but how many innings are they going to be expected to pitch when they've only pitched like 35 innings last year or the year before or ever those pitchers will become much more valuable I think that guys like Robbie Ray Dylan Bundy these guys lose value because what was most valuable about them is the fact that they can pitch a couple hundred innings mm -hmm. you know they're like innings eaters right which aren't as great as they used to be but so those players, any, any of that, I think if the DH goes into the National League, that's going to affect big time some hitters like Franchi Cordero, who I'm a huge fan of, but he has not been able to stay healthy. If this guy was healthy, he would be 
30 30 easy but so him he'll he might have a spot to hit now a dh spot will be mm-hmm. like there's there's several like jock peterson and aj pollock in in la those two are set to split time in the outfield well if a dh happens both of them are getting in the lineup mm-hmm. one of them's getting paid aj pollock and the other one is a good hitter so yeah, you know right. there's Isn't two reasons you get in the lineup either you're getting paid or you're hitting well oh my fantasy advice is don't draft aj pollock because he's always hurt how's that one that's sound? a good one but only if you get him for a dollar i actually drafted okay, him that's in labor actually pretty solid yeah <laughs> you know he had a great september that's why i, mm-hmm. I did I, I don't think i've ever owned him but he had such a good september i was like okay they're paying him a pretty good chunk of money. He had a great September. It's a buck if he gets hurt. This year, I'm actually trying to maintain a couple of throwaway players. Where, mm-hmm. like, I have Ross Stripling too, just in mm-hmm. case he doesn't pitch. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. He can be thrown away early. The key to fantasy is to get at bats and innings. So, if you have a guy on your roster just because you like the guy, but he's not getting at bats or he's not pitching, you can, that's just a bad idea. You want to be able to pick up lots of players early and then you're going to get lucky on like one or two. Mm-hmm. Most of them will be throw away, but you got to be willing to throw away players early and pick up players all the time. I kind of just learned that, which sounds really ridiculous. It seems like something that's so obvious. But at First Pitch Forum, they talked about the people that came in first in leagues, they consistently had the most at-bats. That's just, in in and of itself, the at-bats are going to create, accumulate stats Mm -hmm. for you. Um, And runs is a big deal. Look at runs. Don't forget to pay attention to runs because in this age of power hitters that we live in, everybody's getting 20 home runs. 20 home runs, big freaking deal. Look for runs. Runs are a big deal. That means like leadoff guys and things mm-hmm. like that. I do like it. I do like it. I mean, I, I just want baseball back so bad because I miss fantasy baseball. I've been in the championship game of my team uh, for my league four out of the last five years. Unfortunately, wow. I only took, only took it home once. So that part really sucked. But um, what is it like one there. point, one point, right? Like one run. Oh, it's, it's close. Yeah, it's very, very close. Um, it's very frustrating. We actually do a head-to-head league. We set it up very, very weird 10 years ago, and we all kind of just got used to it. I've been, I'm in another Roto League, which is way more just kind of natural, I guess. But yeah, we set it up very weird when we were coming out of high school and college, and we're just like, this makes sense. And it doesn't make sense at all, but we love it. We kind of roll with it. But, well, you know, um, in Tout you know. Wars, we started that Tout Wars X League, and every year we change the rules. Every mm-hmm. year. So like one year, a win will be worth five and an inning will be worth three. And the next year, an inning is worth one. So think about the number of points mm-hmm. that you're not getting yeah. from starting pitchers and how much more valuable relievers become. So this is a league where nobody will ever learn anything from us in this league because nobody plays like this. But mm-hmm. I like it because I, you know, I like to when you throw in a new stat like net steals, when you start taking away points for caught stealing, you learn about players and their habits mm-hmm. on the base yep. paths. You, you look at it from a different point of view and you think to yourself, well, this guy gets caught like 40% of the time and nobody's going to let him run anymore, you know? So I'm not going to be banking on this guy to steal bases. Even if he stole 35 bases last year, if he got caught 25 times, he's not running anymore. Mm-hmm. Nobody's letting him exactly yeah you do get you you gain knowledge in fantasy about players you become more knowledgeable depending on 
the certain stats that you use. So no matter what it is, it's still fun. And I really miss it right now. I completely agree. And that's really what, you know, again, starting that league 10 years ago, it's really what drove, I was always a huge Mets fan, but this is what really drove my love for just all the players in baseball and just knowing, you know, I'm, you know, it's easy for the Mike Trouts of the world just to be like, you know, just to kind of drool when you look at his baseball reference page. But, um, you know, there's a lot of other guys out there that you get kind of surprised. You're like, oh, wow, you know, uh, Chase Headley was incredible, like for two or three years in San Diego where he hit like 350 and had 20 whatever home runs, almost 30 home runs. He was awesome. And, you know, he goes to the Yankees and kind of is whatever. But and it's always just or interesting he, kind of. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut no. you off. No, no, it wasn't even important. Um, I was just. <laughs> Yes, poor man. I when players go to the Mets, it's like they go there to Ugh. die. But yep. I wasn't going to bring that up because I know you're a big Mets fan. I like it's the okay. Mets. Anybody it's honesty. But the Yankees. So I would have told you the same thing. You know, you go to the Mets, you're pretty much your career is over. You'll have one really good year. They'll sign you to a huge contract, um, or you'll be coming off a really good year, a la Jason Bay. They'll sign you to a huge <laughs> contract, and uh, you know, you pretty much just become either hurt or terrible at that point. Um, you know, so. It is what it is. What are you going to do? Some of the Mets trades, you know, some of the oh, Mets. Oh, yeah. You look back on it, and you're like, um, okay, like Justin Turner. They didn't even trade him. They just let him go. Let him go. Non-tendered. See you yep. later. Yep. Oh, yeah. I bring that one up all the time. Every time the Dodgers are in the playoffs and he rips a home run, it's like he was a Mets. <laughs> they didn't even get anything for him. They just let, they didn't want to pay him the however many couple million dollars or whatever. But that's Lenny was that talking about on his show that the Mets didn't want to pay Roger Clemens 10000 They were short in negotiations by $10,000. And so they let Roger Clemens go. Guess who they got and paid the 10000 for instead? That's trivia. I it was know. Steve um, Phillips. Steve Phillips. Oh. Who is a host on the show, the network. He's a host on our network. And mm-hmm. we play in fantasy. Steve Phillips makes so many trade offers in fantasy. He runs his fantasy team like he ran baseball team. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a general manager. So, like, it's kind of um, – I feel starstruck around him. You know, uh, I feel starstruck. Yeah, uh-huh. It's like, holy crap, Steve Phillips just offered me a trade. Can you even imagine? You know, and I'm like, you got to respond. You, you know, yep. like, you're going to respond. So anyway, that's just a little insight into that. That is so cool. I mean, being having an actual GM offer you a trade like that. I mean, I can see you're kind of excited about it, but that's incredible. Like, if I, I had that opportunity, that would be amazing. And look what you've been able to do. You've been able to build this entire career where you're having these types of conversations and you're talking to these people and you're doing these things. Um, you know, if I probably told you this back in 24, uh, 2004 when the Red Sox won the World Series, I'd been like, hey, you know, this is going to be the, uh, the catapult to your career where, you know, in 15 years, you're going to be making trades with legitimate GMs in, in baseball. I bet you wouldn't have believed me. Never. No, I never would have believed it. No way. But so. you're here now, and I think that's the cool part, Andrea. So about SiriusXM, I mean, I know you and Lenny, obviously we've already spoken to Lenny. His episode will be out by the time yours comes out as well. What, um, How much fun do you have on SiriusXM? Because I've only done a few shows, and I absolutely love it. I love it. Of course, there's, it's really fun. It's nerve-wracking. You know, it's live. It's not mm-hmm. live now because we're in quarantine, so everything's pre-recorded. Nobody's going to the studio, but... The anxiety level because of the live show. Well, the best part about our show is that we are able to be very casual. Like we are supposed to argue back and forth just like we do in normal life. Mm -hmm. And he really is a good co-host with me because he can lead into things. Like he's always doing the outros, the intros. He's like, you know, doing welcome back and all of these things. But 
so it's a lot less nerve wracking, but mm-hmm. it is very, it's like, even when I do podcasts still, I still get this butterflies in my stomach, like right before the show, it's this sense of anxious, like mm-hmm. nervous. But I feel like if you didn't have that, then it wouldn't be as rewarding. So I love being on Sirius. I think that, you know, I started trying to get on Sirius like about, I would say about 2015 when I started doing Tao, I wrote a note to the producer there or the station manager, Matt Deutsch, and said, you need a girl, you need a woman talking baseball. And it took a couple of years, but he finally did. And Lenny, I mean, this is my own PR team, Lenny. If I didn't have Lenny throwing my name out there, I would just be a hermit because I, that's just my personality. Like, I don't, I'm not a huge trying to be like right there out on stage, mm-hmm. notice me and stuff, but Lenny is. So he made sure that people noticed me and I appreciate that. I wouldn't have never, I, <laughs> but serious. I mean, I'm honored. I'm honored to be on serious. And we have leagues where like Jim Bowden is in leagues with us and, you're playing against like the best in the business and absolutely am very proud to be on Sirius radio mm-hmm. for sure. For and sure. We, we appreciate you and what you've done again, you know, baseball is my favorite. Um, so I, I always have a soft spot for anybody else that just likes baseball. I'll talk to them all day because it's starting to become few and far between, unfortunately. Uh, but thankfully, you know, with, uh, with fantasy sports, that makes everything a little bit better. And so with, you know, obviously, um, you know, being on Sirius is super cool and, and you really do enjoy it. I mean, what has it been like over the last, you know, couple years and how have you seen your, um, you know, your, your personality, not your personality. How have you seen your, your amplification and your message being spread now that you're on this, you know, internationally syndicated, you know, radio show? I'm afraid like every day, I'm afraid every day on Twitter <laughs> that like somebody's going to be mean to me. And I don't, you know what, all my whole life I've been like, I don't really care what people think of me. That's part uh-huh. of the reason, you know, the reason that I'm warm at today, because I just, I don't care that much about that, but I've been very lucky in the sense that nobody's really mean to me. They're usually like telling Lenny that he's wrong and stuff on Twitter. Um, I see, you know, I've got, I gained lots of Twitter followers and, mm-hmm. um, people give us compliments a lot. They, they reach out and they say, we love listening to your show. And of course, that's just very rewarding. It's mm-hmm. very rewarding to hear that, especially when, when it's a woman, you know, they say, we would just love to have coffee and listen to you and Lenny argue. I think that a lot of people feel that they can relate to our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, little do they know, like, that's how we talk to each other. This is not an act. And um, like we, when we, I'll tell you guys an insight. Ooh. When we st- started recording the show pre-recording, it was like we had not done that. We were only just used to doing live serious shows with our producer, you mm-hmm. know, on the phone. Well, he wasn't on the phone, but he's in the studio and we're at our house using um, the equipment that we have at home. So we're able to see each other. Well, when we started recording the shows, it was like we had no producer there with us. And we wouldn't even make it through a segment without getting into some huge fight about like, I mean, cursing at each other. Like this is finally, I said to the producer, you have to sit on with us, get on Skype, get on zoom, whatever it takes. You have to just be there because Lenny and I can't get through a show. It's taking us like six hours to do a show. And like half of our coffee mugs are broken after the show, you know? (laughs) So we had no idea that, we had that type of fiery uh-huh. relationship, but just having somebody there in the same call with you, it keeps you behaving well. Mm-hmm. And 
you probably hold back things that you would normally say about how annoyed you are at the other person and cursing. Mm-hmm. So, but as far as our message being out there, I think it's, I, I hope that people listen to, it. I hope people like it, you know? Yeah. I try to avoid too much social media, but I do Probably really appreciate when people reach out and say compliments and stuff like that. That is awesome. Yeah, I, I try and avoid a little bit of social media too, especially now. A lot of too much negativity. We're always trying to spread positivity here over at Windaily, and I know that's what you guys are trying to do as well. Unless you're talking to each other, in that case, sounds like you're trying to strangle each other a little bit. But that's well, it's only between us, though. And people exactly. actually, it, I think it brings people joy to see and to hear our banter because they know that their wife or their husband does the same. That they mm-hmm. have the same arguments. It's like you don't know what you're talking about. Okay like you're out of your mind and stuff like that people just relate to it and here's funny too the more we argue like the more intense our fights are on air there's been times where i'm like that's it they're never gonna they're gonna fire we're fired there's Mm -hmm. no way they want us back after this i will never be back probably won't even be asked to be back and that's when people are like really the more Mm -hmm. we hate each other the more people like the show find entertainment in the show that's fine because you know, we've hated each other so many times that just we'll be okay in an hour. Mm-hmm. No big deal. But exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What's what do you remember what your biggest argument was about? Yes, I do. Okay, perfect. Do you want to tell us just a little yeah. bit? Yeah. Um, okay. So tell in, your side so we know who was right. Lenny will tell the same story. It was one year. It was early in the relation. It was probably like 2012. And Lenny was mm-hmm. on Sirius at the time. And he had some callers that would call in every week from Long Island. Uh, Bob from Long Island is the one that invited him, basically invited him to be in a football league that they do, live draft every year. They've been doing it for years. And so Lenny wanted me to get a team too, but they didn't have a team. So we were going to split a football team. We were going to share a team, right? And so Lenny and I like talked about who we were going to draft in the first round and stuff like that. And here comes the morning of the show or the morning of the draft. And we're getting ready to drive to Bob's house. And we cannot agree on who to pick in the first round. I wanted to get Calvin Johnson. He didn't want a running or a wide receiver. He wanted a running back. We fought so bad that we would not go to the draft together. We, we said, we're not going together. One of us is going. I said, you go because it's your friend. It's your caller. You know, I had never met. I did know them, though, because I we were in the baseball league that they had. Mm-hmm. So I did meet them before. But. We wouldn't go to the draft together. We were so pissed off at each other. And so then we decided that I would go. And all I want to do is get to this draft. And I'm late now because we're fighting. And I got to stop at the liquor store because I can't even show up at this draft just without any liquor. (laughs) And so actually, and Lenny was so mad. He was watching the draft as it was going on CBS. They were entering in the players as the draft was going. And I started the draft over the phone because they didn't want to wait. And I was like, just all draft over the phone. Just tell me when it's my turn and I'll draft players. The first four rounds was over the phone. Finally got there. And I actually drafted Calvin Johnson, just like I wanted to. I drafted Peyton Manning that year. He was coming back from the neck injury and nobody wanted him. And I was like, I'm going to give him a shot. And I won that league that year. $1,500 I won. But when I got home, Lenny was like, why did you do that? Your team is so horrible. All he did was sit on the phone with Tony all day talking about how bad my team was, you know, because he's frustrated. He wants to be mm-hmm. there. Yep. But we've had the most serious fights when we've tried to share teams 
one year we did a baseball team together. We tried to draft together and I walked out of the draft. I was so mad at him. Like, <laughs> but so those, that's really one time I got out of the car and started walking because he was talking shit on Ryan Howard. He was like talking about Ryan Howard's Achilles injury and I tore my Achilles. So I know how long it takes. It takes, I was in a cast, a hard cast for six months. So you definitely, it's time, but you can come back, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I was so mad at Lenny because he was trying to tell me that Ryan Howard was not going to come back. And he didn't come back, by the way. Lenny was right on that one. But I got out of the car and started walking home at a stoplight. I was so mad at Lenny. Man. Oh, I wish I could be a fly on the wall. I guess don't even have to be a fly on the wall. I have to do it. No, we just publicize it all. Yeah, exactly. Sirius is free right now for anybody until I think May 15th. (laughs) So, I mean, check it out. See what you guys got rocking and rolling. Um, So, Andrea, this was awesome. I cannot wait to do this again. Andrea Lamont, Lenny Melnick Fantasy Sports, formerly with Bleacher Report and Roto Experts, and currently on The Lady and the Legend on Sirius XM. Um, what channel is it? 217? Sirius I never XM remember the channel. 87. 87. XM 87. Yeah, Two Fantasy Sports. Yep. Fantasy Sports Radio. I don't know the it, channels, exactly. but if you go in there and scroll down, yeah. you'll see the, the icon, you know, it's right. It's perfect. Awesome. Andrea, this was incredible. Like Thank I said, so Lenny, does all of the, Lenny does all of the technical <laughs> stuff, you know, like <laughs> XM87. Love it. Love it. Awesome. Thanks, Andrea. Thank you for having me.